What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. What the truck! You are listening to What the Truck! Ah, let me share with you my favorite Christmas story. "'Twas the night before Shipmas went all through the house. Not a shipper was stirring in their packed warehouse. The racking was packed so neatly with care in hopes that demand would soon be there. Three PLs were nestled all snug in their beds, enjoying a Shipmas with peace and not dread. Their computers all sleeping for a short nap. They finally could rest with no big mishap. When there on the phone, they heard such a clatter They circled around to see what was the matter. Demand had appeared for a final big rush. They calmly replied, no worries with us. As phones were put down and everyone stirred, they all came together to finish the work. Now Dooner was preparing for a special event to give all of us a really great treat, to honor those helping us serve our industry still and let us feel pride for doing it well. He filled up a tree with ornaments full, bringing creativity for all to enjoy. With great special guests sharing holiday cheer, a great time indeed to bring the family near. We all will find time, should we have any luck, to enjoy the Christmas celebration on What the Truck. Merry Christmas, my friends. Welcome to What the Truck. I'm Dooner. Thank you so much. Tom Curry and Kingsgate Logistics. Every year, you crush it with those holiday messages. And as you can see here, we got a white Christmas going on on a very What the Truck Christmas. Thank you all for all the ornaments as well that you sent for this tree. We got a little video. Show how well you guys have filled this up. Tanner, roll the tape. So, ladies, one of them I just got in today, and I think it was our only maritime one. I thought I might get a shipping container or something like that. But I did get a sailboat from uh, Lauren Began today. It's right there. Beautiful BWS Logistics. I mean, that XGS got theirs in there. Look at that convoy truck. Hot seat services. Those guys make the best sports jerseys in the game. We got that Bigfoot. By the way, I got to get that back to Michael Vincent after this, the, the, uh, this season. Remember? I gave that to him on episode 500. Merry Christmas, by the way, sir. Hey, put a poll out real quick. Which one do you guys like better in the popcorn tin? You probably got it sitting around your offices. Nobody cares about coronavirus. We're all sticking our hands in it, sharing it. We got the cheese, we got the butter, and we got the caramel. Put a poll out on Twitter. You know what came out on top? I thought it'd be cheese. Caramel, number one, right here. Although a lot of people said they like when the eye uh, gets down on the divider, they break right through it, and they go, uh, they go full hog. We got a great show today. We got OK Boomers, Joe Speezy. You've been hearing some of that stuff on the show before. You can drop that poll. We've been hearing Joe Speezy does OK Boomer over here. We're going to have Trophy Smacks, Matt Walsh. You know he made us this awesome belt down here, granted us that last year is the best logistics podcast. He's also making the belt for the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Mark Cuban back company. We'll hear about uh, how their holiday season was. And we also got my favorite toy maker, a guy who's never afraid to tell trolls what is on his mind. It's Molson Hart. 
But first, holidays coming up. Last, This is the last What the Truck of the Year. Uh, before we break, you can check out our entire back catalog. Look up What the Truck wherever you get podcasts. Go to FreightWaves.com or go on the FreightWaves TV app. But I asked y'all what you'll be getting into. Matt McClelland, he said he's hitting the road on Sunday. He's going down to Wyoming. You traveling out there? We got Joe Schwartzbander. He's got a road trip to Florida from Minneapolis. Rhonda Zimmerman, she's going back camp, backpacking, camping, and snow hiking in northern Arizona. Apparently, it gets really cold this time of year there. Keith Shelton, he says, just hanging out with the family. Way to be. Ingrid Brown, keeping America moving. She's a truck driver, obviously. Morgan Gaywick, guess, guess this one. She said, holiday agenda include finishing the move into our new house and trying to agree on wedding basics. She got engaged just before the holidays, so... A little bell for you. What a hell of a Christmas gift for you. Um, anybody else here? John Rogers. He's going to Dollywood for Christmas. Andrew Salazar, he's he's taking his kids to Disney World, and he says they have no clue. So I hope they're not What the Truck listeners. And Erica Reed, she is going to be relaxing at home. Pedro Peterson, Robert Pedro Peterson, another driver, he says, joining me on my vacation. Uh, no, you're not, buddy. I'm going up to, uh, I'm going up to Connecticut in a couple days. We asked the logistics community to send a bunch of holiday messages, and boy, did you guys deliver. Here's the first batch of those. Thank you for tuning in to Sense Per Mile. I'm your host, Charles Gracie. And I'm your co-host, Paul Gibson. Let's hop over to our producer, Josh, and see what are we talking about today. Today, gentlemen, we're talking about snow, Christmas trees, lights, cookies. Today, we're talking about Christmas is what we're talking about. All right, then. Well, happy holidays and Merry Christmas to everybody out there, the What the Truck audience, anybody watching this, except for, you know, maybe some certain associations and certain things and some regulatory bodies that should probably get cold. Well said, Paul, and thank you to all the drivers out there. We appreciate your sacrifices. We appreciate everything you do. We know you might not make it home for the holidays. We want to just give you a huge shout out and thank you for everything. Merry Christmas and have a happy new year. Hey, from the Palatine to all our great logistics buddies, Merry Christmas! That last one was from Mark Reddish. I love the guys over there. They make the nice jerseys. They've been down here on numerous times, keeping it down in Boston. The Bruins game last night. The gentleman over at College Hype. Hey, let's tip the band, and we'll get over to my buddy, Molson Hart. Did you know AIT publishes a global transportation market report every month? So if your business needs information about air and ocean trade, carrier updates, economic forecasts, North American trucking, and customs clearance news, you can get all of that and more in easy-to-digest overview. Best of all, it's free to download. This economy, who can afford to download stuff? The next edition comes uh, out December 7th, AITWorldwide.com. Go get it. I know Molson Hart will. Molson, let's let it snow, man. Let me get this machine cranking. What's happening? I love the hat. Thank you. Uh, not too much, man. I'm just excited to be here. I'm looking forward to this uh, to Christmas starting up so we can like chill out and stop uh, being all worried about selling toys. I am looking at your hat right now. Is that made out of brain flakes? It is indeed. I got to tell you something. So Last year, I mean, during the first two years of pandemic, my kids were like, they got really into Lego. They got bit by the bug. But what happens with Lego is it's not sustainable because you got to keep buying the bigger and bigger sets. They keep demanding more. And the problem with those sets is they get built into one thing, they get put on the shelf, and then they don't do anything else with them. But you know what they do with their one can of brain flakes? They're building new crap with that all the time, Molson. That, that's awesome to hear. We got to upgrade you, get you to the bigger set so they can uh, do even more stuff, uh, put the wheels on those brain flakes discs as well. Well, hey, this is the holiday season, and we can talk about some of the, the troubles of logistics. But first, I want to talk about your business and some of the wares you have. What's new this holiday season? What's good? 
Uh, we're, we're mostly just uh, selling lots of brain flakes and plush stuffed animals as we usually do. But I guess what's new this season is just logistics. Um, every year since the pandemic, it feels like there have been like different problems that we've had to solve. And, and this year we had a lot of difficulty getting our stock to Amazon. And uh, it, it's looking like there's going to be like a late push for Amazon sales, which has kind of got me worried because I'm not sure if they're going to be able to get all those packages out in time based on what I've been seeing from them uh, this uh, holiday season so far. Yeah, the other day was like, the, I think yesterday or two days ago was the deadline for FedEx Ground. Maybe that was two days ago. How stressful is it to get these late uh, these late season pushes right here? And is that pretty unique to this year compared to usually or most people tend to be kind of done by now? It's super stressful. It's horrible. Like everyone would think that like having a toy company during Christmas is like so awesome because like all you do is just like count money that you're stacking up. But in reality, it's like extremely stressful because so much of your revenue comes in the last like basically month of the year that you have to be shipping everything out on time and stuff like that. Otherwise, you, you don't make money in that year. Um, so uh, that, that's been difficult. And I forget your other question. Well, no, I, you know, it kind of tracks with my own, like spending this holiday season this year, especially like the back half of this year, I wasn't really buying anything, especially like anything frivolous or anything. Then holiday season came up, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, started seeing some of those deals roll in. And suddenly I was back into buying and I wasn't really expecting it, but I even walked away with like a, a TV and a soundboard things. I was like, nah, no way this year. That's going to be next year. Um, I think a lot of consumers are doing that maybe because we all saved up all like for the second half of the year. So I guess what I'm seeing is two things with regards to that. So the, the first thing is um, in 2021, and we talked about this a ton, there was so much news coverage about like the supply chain. Like there were all those like boats lined up outside Los Angeles Harbor. And like the media was just like, are you going to get your stuff? Are you going to get your stuff? Or will there be toys for Christmas? Will there be toys for Christmas? Because there's this huge backlog of getting inventory in. And so what that actually kind of like caused people to do is buy products earlier than usual. Okay. So it, it kind of seems like our November sales were like way in 2021, our November sales were way higher than our 2022 November sales. And it, it might be because people just bought things earlier in 2021 than they did this year. This year, it seems like people are waiting longer. The other thing that happened is that people are buying less in 2022 than they were in 2021. And all the companies like mine, um, we just like bought tons and tons of inventory, assuming that 2022 was going to be like 2021. And it hasn't been that way. And so when when companies like like Viheart, you know, when we buy too much stuff, what basically ends up happening is that we have to sell it anyway because our warehouses get too much, too full and we like need cash in order to like pay our employees and stuff like that. So all the companies like my own, we have too much stuff. And so we're just lowering prices. So kind of like, as we're getting closer to Christmas, you should see more and more deals and you actually should see prices come down, even though prices for like everything else, like food and stuff like that continue to rise. You said that 2022 has not been a good year for selling plush animals. You tweeted that the other day. What is the issue with the plush? Has the brain flakes been okay? Is it just kind of like when people are poor, they don't want to hug up like a stuffed animal? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's a couple of different things. So one, like we focused a lot on our building toy brain flakes. We didn't focus this year. We didn't focus as much on plush animal. And if you don't like give something love, like the sales don't love you back. The second thing is that Amazon 
absolutely crushed us at the beginning of 2022. They raised the fees on uh, large, bulky items that don't weigh so much. So our costs went up big time. And then kind of like the third thing that happened is like if like people aren't doing as great in 2022 as they were in 2021, right? Like food costs is up. I mean, gas came down a little bit recently. But like if you have to choose like for your kids, like what are you going to buy? You're going to buy a plush animal or are you going to buy like an educational building toy? You're probably going to lean towards the educational building toy. And then we sell a lot of like extravagant, like beautiful plush, like zebras and giraffes and stuff like that. And those are things that people buy when they're like feeling good economically. And so it just our, our plush business is like down uh, in 2022 compared to 2021 and brain flakes is up. And so like when your sales are down and like costs are up, it, it just like it's not it's not good. So that's are, what's happening. It's like a, a giant zebra has to be a pain in the ass to ship, doesn't it? Like how much? Because you got you get caught on dimensional weight, right? Because you got this big ass zebra. Like, what's yeah. your biggest stuffed animal, and and what is the kind of logistics behind sending that? Yeah, so that that's a great question. So you're you're totally right. It is a big pain in the ass to send giant stuffed animals. Um, and our warehouse team does like an amazing job uh, avoiding dimensional weight. So basically, like uh, the biggest thing we sell is a giant stuffed giraffe um, named Janny the giraffe. And we, we kind of like have to scrunch it in a box so it's small so we don't pay too much. But at the same time, we don't want to ruin the experience for the customer. Um, but it's just like really bad, especially on returns, because like, you know, something that happens to us a lot is that people will do like a baby shower and they'll buy like three or four big plush animals for their baby shower. And then when the baby shower is over, they'll like return them. And that that sucks for us because we lose money. But what makes it worse is sometimes they'll throw out the box that it came in. And so sometimes like they'll literally just put a giant giraffe in a plastic bag, slap a label on the plastic bag and like ship it back to us. And then Amazon's like, okay, refund them right now. And we do refund them, but like, man, it just like, it's painful to see that because like the product gets damaged. We know what they did because they're returning like four plush animals. Sometimes on Instagram, we'll see the pictures of our products for the baby shower, but they just, they returned all that. That, yeah, that's awful. They're probably the same people that set the set the woods on fire when they're doing gender reveal parties. You know, no good, no good at yeah. all. Uh, so hey, so I, I'm curious now. So on returns, like I used to never return anything online. I'm like a typical dude. It's a pain in the ass. I'm not going to do it. Except Amazon then allowed you to start bringing things to Whole Foods. My wife goes to Whole Foods all the time, so now I order things all the time. Mm-hmm. And just like ah, it doesn't work, and she'll be like, all right, I'll bring it on my my Whole Foods run. How much of a pain in the ass am I making life for the seller on the other end? that's not it doesn't matter i mean the way that we think about it is we're just trying to like do what's right for customers and like don't even worry about making things a pain in the ass for us like if if the product didn't satisfy you just return it it doesn't matter and if it's the the whole foods in nashville i once drove a rented truck into the the drive-through atm in the parking lot there oh nice (laughs) i drove it yeah did you manage to get any, like, I mean, you probably don't want to admit it on air, but did anyone around you manage to walk away with any money? Um, so what I did is I went, maybe it wasn't Whole Foods. It was like a Kroger in Nashville. They, like, And I like went and I spoke to the manager and be like, hey, I actually drove into your building. I'm sorry. And he was like, it's fine. And then I just drove away. 
You know, one of the yeah. things that you are in, in returns, one of the reasons I asked is you said that Amazon has put in like some new policy too. And it's another chargeback that the, that you can get hit with on um, returns. And it sounds really kind of hairy navigating all of that. What is going on there? Yeah. So um, I like to say that Amazon is like the master of the hidden price increase. Like there's a lot of people online who are like, Amazon's a monopoly or whatever. And so Amazon is like aware of that. So when Amazon is like raising prices, they're very like clever and careful about how they do it because they don't want to raise prices in a way that like makes a headline. So they like to raise prices in like a complicated way that you like your logistics audience would understand, but like other audiences wouldn't. So what they've done is now they're saying that like if you send sell if you send back that giant plush giraffe in a plastic bag, like we are going to charge you like the dimensional weight of that like plastic bag that you use, and we're going to charge that to the seller. And so that's just kind of like another way that they can like boost their profit margins and push things to sellers, and then like change a policy that is like too too complicated and too niche for the average Amazon Prime customer to understand. You know what I don't kind of understand, or maybe I do understand, but shopping has got kind of boring now. Like when I go to price match, like Walmart to Amazon, which I do all the time, it's like everybody has homogenized prices now. Is that an algorithm that like Walmart and Amazon are just using to constantly match each other? And what does that do to you on your end when other sellers come in with something and just completely undercut it? Oh, man, that's such an interesting topic. So um, the California has sued Amazon for like monopolistic prices, uh, monopolistic practices for that. So Amazon and Walmart and a lot of these other marketplaces make you sign a contract saying that you will not price products off of Amazon, off of Walmart.com for less than you sell it on Amazon. And so um, what this ends up doing is it causes all prices to go up because we can't have our if, – if, if BrainFlakes is like $14 on BrainFlakes.com and it's $16 on Amazon, Amazon will shut down BrainFlakes on Amazon. So then that's horrible for us because most of our sales come from Amazon. So we end up raising the prices on BrainFlakes.com in order to compensate for that. And so there's this like horrible policy and they all that Amazon and Walmart are doing and it just causes price raises across the line. And that's why government needs to get involved and like let sellers price things how they want to price them. Like if we want to our website has like really low fees. Let us sell products on our website for real cheap. And if you see something on Amazon.com and you want to buy it with like Prime, you can pay slightly more. But if you're like cool with waiting, go to brainflace.com and get a lower price. Um, so that's the problem, and I'm glad you brought that up. Well, Melissa, I know a lot of people are nervous, too, about with what's going on with Twitter, with uh, Elon banning Elon Jet, of course. And it got me wondering, do you think that we're okay if we post, like, the Santa tracker on Christmas, or is that, like, real lo- real-time location? Uh, yeah, um, we don't want to dox Santa's location, so um, <laughs> could be yeah, bad. I wouldn't do that. That would, that would be a violation of the principles. We don't know why. <laughs> You know, like reindeer, they have their own Twitter accounts too. That wouldn't be cool. No, that wouldn't be cool. Let them put their own locations out there. Now, most before I let you go, what is good in the store? So listeners here, they want to get, they want to stress you out, get some last minute gifts, put them under the tree for the holidays. What, what, what's cool this year that you got? 
You absolutely need to buy BrainFlakes. If you don't know what BrainFlakes are, you got to go Google that. It's the world's best building toy. It's It brings something new to the table that Lego doesn't. You can like wear things. I'm wearing a Santa hat made of BrainFlakes. How amazing is that? And it's like highly educational. And it's compared to Lego, it's probably like one-tenth of the price. It's it's an amazing toy. And I'm going to send Dooner's kids a uh, our 2,500 build and build set after this call. Go get brain flakes. Well, I mean, like the one the ones my kid used, kids use is only like, I think it's only like $15 on Amazon too. So they're, like he said, they're significantly cheaper than what you're going to find out there from uh, the big uh, European Lego brand out there. But And they hurt less when you step on them too. So they have that going for them as well. Painless if stepped on. Brain flakes is, is we're eating Lego's lunch right now. Well, Molson, before I let you go, OK Boomer, Joe Speezy, you may know him from Twitter. I know he shared one of your threads recently and said it was like the horror story of all sellers. So I'm going to ask him about that. I'll tell him you were on earlier. But he makes this game called OK Boomer. It's a trivia game. Got a question for you here. You think you can get it right? Yes. All right. Let's see here. What Adele album released in 2011 featured hits such as Rolling in the Deep, Someone Like You, and Set Fire to the Rain? Hello? I have no idea. Yeah, me either. I, this one, that was a tough one. I have no idea. That was a Zoomer question. That's like, I, okay, Zoomer. Okay, well, this is Gen Z. All right, you want, do you want from the Boomer? What generation do you want? Yeah, I'm I got a Boomer. Ge- you're a Boomer. No, no, I'm, I'm the greatest generation. I'm, I'm pre-Boomer. You want Silent Generation? You yeah, know I'll 19? take Silent. All right, My well, dad so was Silent Generation, so I might know this. All right, make him proud. Yeah, well, that's when you learn all this stuff, when he's driving in the car, right? All right. Yeah. Random question. <laughs> Entertainment. <laughs> Maybe you'll get this. What are the oh, name of Ben? <laughs> what are the name of Ben Cartwright's three sons on the TV series Bonanza? Uh Hitler, uh, the Brady Bunch, and Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, it was Adam Haas and, and Little Joe. Little Joe. Who knew? Okay, silent generation Umer. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much, Brain man. Go check out Brainflex. And how do you follow you on Twitter? Tell tell the people. Uh, at Molson underscore heart. You should follow me before I get banned by Elon for uh, doxing his location because uh, I'm in Austin just like he is. Okay. Well, take it easy, Molson. Don't run into any ATMs at the next Whole Foods you go to. Appreciate your time today. Happy holidays. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Appreciate it. Hey, we got a little bit more cheer from around the industry. Let's roll the tape. Good evening, everyone. This is Mike Crochet, the president and CEO of Fleetworthy Solution. Hey, from me and our entire company, we want to wish all the great folks that support the trucking industry happy holidays. We appreciate all that you do. Be safe. Joey Palmer, president of Container Port Group, coming to you from our headquarters here in Cleveland, Ohio. Just want to say Merry Christmas and happy holidays to all the What the Truck viewers out there. Happy holidays! Our core trust team, I'd like to wish Dooner and the entire Freight Waves and What the Truck staff a very happy holidays. Thank you for all that you do to keep the supply chain professionals of the world informed. I love your podcast. It makes people think I read. Come on, everybody. Happy Holidays!
Merry Christmas. Good night. Hey, thank you all for sending those videos. Those have been fantastic. But you know what? We got to step out of the storm for a minute here and talk to one of my favorite guests. It is Matt Walsh, founder over at Trophy Smack, who I believe has a really big day tomorrow as he's got his second annual Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Matt, what's going on, dude? What is going on, baby? How are you? I love, love it. Santa you are so SoCal right now. You got like the blue Santa hat on. You got like the, the Raptor shades. That's right. Yeah, the shades are an important prop. Our uh, our office holiday party was last night, so oh. this is this is this is critical. In, uh, <laughs> in what goes, Matt? What goes on at a, a fantasy sports company holiday party? Oh my god! I mean, the company culture here is is very high on the list, right? We're a creative organization. Supply chain is ultimately the engine in the middle of, of what we do, but. For creative thinking, in my opinion, to really you know be fostered, we invest a lot in the company culture and the ethos here. So, I mean, our holiday party last night, uh, we could we could have had an office Christmas party part two movie made. I mean, the amount of shenanigans there was, uh, there was uh, people slipping on on a bowling alley. Um, uh, gosh, the people laying in the front lawn at the end, uh, it was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, it sounds like a time can't, can't knock it at all. How has, uh, how has this year been for you? How, like, I was just talking to Molson Hart and he was like, man, I was selling my brain flakes, but my stuffed animal business was completely in the toilet. How were fantasy sports fans doing this year? Fantasy football is alive and well. Um, I just think that. 2020 and 2021 created this just pent up demand for people just wanting to to connect and and fantasy football is the as big as it is because of that exact I mean that that's the that's the central heart of it all um, you know I've got leagues with my high school friends I've got leagues with my college friends I've got leagues with past you know coworkers so. Um, you know, just having that point of connection, I think everyone's just really leaned back into that in a big way. So fantasy football has been jamming. Well, you, you know, you're one of the only people I know who Mark Cuban has invested in and it comes with some perks. He was just tweeting about you guys the other day, promoting what's happening with the Jimmy right. Kimmel bowl. Tell me about that. How did that come about? That's right. And by the way, I didn't know about that tweet until you tagged me in it. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I, I like announced to the office. So I was like, hey, what the truck? Just let us know that Cuban tweeted about us. Guys, get on it. Social team. Let's go. <laughs> That's yeah, part man, of my so goal, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So tomorrow uh, is a big day. As you had said, this is the second uh, Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. Um, we are the official uh, trophy partner, and the the folks at LA Bowl that when when the inaugural bowl game last year, you know when, when it was in the kind of ideation process of you know how do they make it different? Um, how do, how does how does this bowl game get set apart? And uh, they actually came to us. They saw us on Shark Tank, and they they came to the office. They checked out all the different things that we're doing. And it was just like an instant aha moment when 
they looked at our championship belts and how we make our championship belts, right? This is solid metal. It's not a thin piece of metal that's, that's stamped. This is, you know, casted steel, molten metal poured into a huge mold. It's chromed out. So uh, we made the uh, uh, Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl championship belt. This thing is eight pounds of solid metal. And it's such a dynamic piece. So last year we see, you know, cheerleaders have it on the field. The mascots are running around with it. You, you know, when you put that thing on your shoulder, it, it transforms you into, you know, you just got a little bit of Ric Flair, right? That, that just enters the ethos. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a blast. And, and tomorrow, uh, I got to tell you, tomorrow tomorrow's something extra special. <laughs> But, you know, I like I wear mine out to the club and they don't even they don't card me. They don't even need a cover charge. They are just like Dooner. I see the belt. Right. And it's all confidence. If you ever want to sneak in someplace, just just walk ahead and wear a trophy smack belt. How do you go about how do you go about designing a belt like this? Is it is it the the bowl themselves? Does your team work with them? Yeah, very much collaborative process. Um, You know, we've got some genius creatives at our company so it's taking assets that exist from the la bowl knowing what a championship belt design should you know kind of those main boxes to check but um i've got a belt uh this is actually fresh off the production line um for this year's bowl game so oh wow Ooh, is that a blue leather I mean, the scale of this, I mean, this, this belt is massive, but you can see, you know, we've got the, the, the quintessential LA or you got the palm trees in here. Uh, and then the schools on the sides. How about that? Go dogs. Ooh. Is that, is that a new addition this year? The schools on the side or were they on last year's belt too? The, the schools were on the side last year. Uh, but this year was, was a little different for us. And this is on the supply chain and operation side of things. The LA Bowl is the opening bowl game of bowl season. So what does that mean for on-demand production of hundreds of these things? Because we, we make the main championship belt that has a special leather treatment that's, you know, this is the belt that the schools are fighting for to win. But uh, what's also very unique about what we've done with the LA Bowl is we have replica commemorative belts for sale at the uh, kiosks at SoFi Stadium. Um, And that's something that's never been done before, right? You've got a trophy that a team wins, but if you want, if you're a fan, you can buy a jersey, you can buy a trinket. But we sell, we sell this massive hardware. So (laughs) Fresno State Band, Washington State Band, to come back on campus and walk around with this, like imagine walking into your business law class just like, What's up, professor? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you, you going to So that way, that is going in like a, a vending machine, a kiosk at the stadium. What does this kiosk look like? Yeah. Because that thing's huge. You know, just your, yeah, you're merchandising, right? So, you know, you've got, uh, you know, the, the jerseys. You've got, um, oh, gotcha. you know, the, the normal merchandising items that would be for sale. But what happened last year is, you know, like the kiosk operator – he, he sees the normal stuff and he's looking at this like, whoa, what is this? So he's got it on. The, the, the kiosk operator at SoFi Stadium is walking around with this. And, of course, our whole team is there. And we're all walking around with belts. And everyone's just like, whoa, let me, let me wear the belt. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> 
It's really, you mentioned the culture, man. You were talking about your holiday party and you mentioned that culture and it reminded me of a post of yours. And every time you've been on the show, I mean, supply chain always comes up for obvious reasons because of your background. But even back in September, you were talking about how you were having like this meet up at the Trophy Smack HQ. And the thing you were most excited about was to show everyone the crucial role that supply chain plays in making this happen, even making the company happen if you go back to that Shark Tank episode. Yeah, yeah. And that was a really, really fun event for us. Um, it was the uh, CSCMP SoCal Roundtable. We hosted the season opening event for CSCMP. So we had, you know, all the usual suspects from uh, the supply chain industry, plus some new faces. And uh, I don't want to be biased, but I did hear some feedback, some chatter that it was the, the most fun supply chain event in the history of uh of all events in the entire world. That, <laughs> wow. That is, uh, that's quite the claim. <laughs> I might have added a little color to that, but you know, we've got, we've got foosball table. We've got pool. We've got pinball. We've got an epic, epic game room. And it's, the, you know, it's fostering creativity. Some of the funnest ideas for products come from when you're loose and you're just spitballing. So to have the supply chain event in that venue, it's different, right? I mean, you know, you, there's there's awesome events that that I've attended and that um, across the country have been hosted. But you know, there's something about you know walking the warehouse or you know having having more of a professional traditional setting to coming into. Hey, there's a bowling alley. There's there's music on, and everyone's just you know feeling uh, that extra level of momentum of fun. You know, before I got a question for you, what is so, and you already are aware of supply chain, you know, like the challenges that happen, but what has been the biggest difference for you and the team this year versus the past two years? How has like what's been going on in freight impacted you guys? So it's, it's unique for us. And I think it was such a tough spot two years ago, sports shutting down, right? 90% of our revenue two years ago was from fantasy sports. Fortunately, it's less than half now because of um, a lot of the custom production that we're able to do, and it opens up a lot of more application. But two years ago... Wait, did you, you know, say fantasy is less... Did more. you just say fantasy is less than half now? Interesting. That's right, baby. That's what are you, right. selling pickleball trophies? You're in that pickleball racket, aren't you? <laughs> Mark Cuban sent me an email... <laughs> Two weeks ago, out of the blue, asking to make a 12-foot pickleball trophy. I kid you not. What, what is it going to look like? Like a Tyrannosaurus with a pickleball racket or something? <laughs> right? <laughs> we, 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 yeah, we're in the sketch phase. The T-Rex, I'm adding, I'm adding in the hopper. <laughs> but, but I'll tell you, um, you know, all of the, the supply chain crisis, the, the, um, the insane increase uh, cost import, the congestion at the ports two years ago, last year, that was such, such a like just significant point of heartburn. Now, fast forward to today, fast forward to most of this year. The flip side is, okay, rates are coming down. Um, import costs are coming down. Congestion is a little bit better, um, but demand is falling off, right? So a lot of companies I work with on, on the freight side, they now have a warehousing problem. They've got too much inventory because they try to, you know, get as much as they could when demand was through the roof, but lower rates don't matter. You know, freight rates have come down so much, but 
now they've got too much inventory and demand's gone. So we're like really, really fortunate, knock on wood, that our demand didn't bottom out. It didn't, it didn't drop. And I think it just speaks to the uniqueness of our product and the uniqueness of our application. Um, people still like winning, right? It doesn't matter the economics. It doesn't matter, you know, uh, uh, the condition of, of um, any macro or external factor. People still like the feeling of crushing the competition and having that, that victory feeling for a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, it's yeah. just moving the needle. So it hasn't impacted us. So it's been, it's been good this year. This year has been good for Trophy Smack. Freight side, total different conversation. <laughs> Trophy <laughs> side, total different conversation. Sure. But we're talking belts right now. So, hey, what's good? People out there, they want to go get a uh, belt for their tournament. They want to get someone some, a 12 foot pickleball trophy. Where do I send them to this holiday season? Yeah, so trophysmack.com, whether you're looking for a custom trophy for your company, whether you're looking for a custom championship belt for your top salesperson, we've designed and invested heavily into our software. So you can upload your logo. You can type whatever text that you want, and you see that custom belt in real time on our site. You press the buy button. You don't need to wait for three days for a mock and then forget and then, oh, shoot, did I buy a belt? What happens? That happens to me all the time. You see what you're making. You press the buy button, and in, in a week or two, that bad boy's on your doorstep. Not bad. Not bad. I remember when I was a kid, it'd be like six to eight weeks in the Sears catalog for anything to show up. So pissed, man. That was forever. Right, well- right. We made, we made hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of these in two weeks, right? We don't know who's in the bowl game until uh, two weeks ago, and the bowl game is tomorrow. So supply chain is at the heart of what we do, man, and I so love it. I love to get you, on here with you, dinner. Do, yeah. do you pre-run that whole thing? Do you pre-run all of those before you know what teams are there, and then you just then you do another run with the logos, or is this all like one process? So the the uh, the, the supply chain of it is very modular for us. So we have everything casted and the year and the teams is this, is a separate run after the belts are forged from solid metal. <laughs> I love that thing. I want to stick one of my enemies under the etcher that you guys use Would that. I uh, give someone a decent tattoo. We could absolutely do that. And we've got, we've got a lot of loser awards too. So you know, in fantasy football, the loser punishment's a big deal, but we see it in the office also. I mean, especially, you know, company culture like ours, there's always something to just poke fun and loosen up. So we've got a uh, uh, loser toilets. So it's an actual real toilet seat. I went into a toilet factory and sourced it. And the factory was really confused by the design that I wanted. They're like, are you sure you want all this crap on here? Uh, we made it. One of our toilets looks like a public restroom. It's like, all tagged up and marked on it. It's just a bunch of like, you suck. You, you know? <laughs> but, but it's fun. It's fun. And you know, I mean, it's all, yeah. Yeah, when you're poking fun at, at folks that you've got a good relationship with and everyone trusts each other, um, you know, it, it, it lightens things and it, and it just creates an environment of, of more collaboration and, and freer flowing thoughts and, and ultimately results. You ever been in the men's room at the double down saloon in Las Vegas? 
Oh, the double down saloon. I don't know if I have, but it, do I need to go there for? Uh, <laughs> well, it reminded me of the description of this toilet you were telling me. It's it's all tagged up, but it's it's a work of art in its its own way. And there now, before I let you go, our next guest is coming on. He's got this game called OK Boomer. We've been doing a lot of trivia out there. I know that you had a long holiday party, so this is pretty cruel and unusual punishment. But I got a trivia question. We'll see how you do. Oh, this this is this is easy too. This is easy. Trends. What was the top selling Nintendo Entertainment Center, Nintendo Entertainment System game of all time? Oh, it's Mario. Come on. Yeah, it's Super Mario Brothers. Of course, oh, man. Morning. They are, man. Hey, Merry Christmas. So happy to have you on the show. Everyone go check out Trophy Smack. They made the awesome belt that's on our desk here. They're making the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl tomorrow, and they'll uh, they'll give you your winner or your loser trophy, however you like it. Take care, brother. Love it, bro. Thanks for having me. 12.30 Pacific time tomorrow, LA Bowl on ABC. Check it out. You're going to see this bad boy in Jimmy Kimmel's hands on one of the biggest stages of SoFi Stadium. Watch the game. It's going to be awesome. I went to Fresno State. And Fresno State's in the ballgame. Oh, well, okay. Oh, Someone might be a little biased. Well, hey, go Fresno State. Go Matt and go Trophy Smack. Thank you once again, sir. Take care. Bye. Thanks, Bye there. Pre- appreciate it. Hey, we got a few more holiday cheer messages. Let's check them out. Merry Christmas and happy holidays out there to the whole What the Truck audience. Uh, being a truck driver during the holidays is kind of like uh, my Christmas tree. You know, it's seen better days. It's a little rough this year. I have two cats. They've kind of completely destroyed it. And it's probably going to be the last year. Uh, it'll be a Christmas tree. But, you know, it doesn't complain. It gets the job done, just like all the other drivers out there. Uh, I hope you guys get home safe. I hope you get to see your family this Christmas. And if not, I hope you find plenty of parking. So be safe out there, guys. Merry Christmas and happy holidays from First Gear. Here's a preview of some of the fantastic replicas we have in stock this holiday season. Keep on trucking, and thank you for your support. I'm on the desk right here. I think I represent all of our people on this thing. In 2022, as always, we're thankful for our connection to AIT's customers, partners, and community members as we continue to strive together toward a more efficient and sustainable global supply chain. This holiday season, wherever the journey takes you, we wish you peace and joy across our global community. Happy holidays from every teammate at AIT. All right, now let's talk to Joe Speezy. Joe Speezy, we've been doing his trivia on his game on a number of these What the Trucks. You saw him on here like maybe a month or two ago when we did the OK Boomer Trivia Contest. And now he's back on the show. Talk about fulfillment and OK Boomer and all things good. What's up, man? What is up, guys? Thanks for having me back. Man, Matt Walsh is hilarious. I love that little segment you guys were doing with him before. And Man, he nailed the trivia question as well. But yeah, thanks for having me back, man. Happy holidays. Where's your belt? You go out kicking ass every other every other day, don't you? You're in tournaments and stuff. Yeah, so I was a D1 wrestler. I wrestled at University of Virginia in college, and I've been uh, doing a lot of jujitsu and uh, wrestling coaching down in Austin, Texas. So no belts on my wall, but I'm going to have to hit up Matt because I have a couple ideas after seeing him on there. I, I, need, I, need, I need some belts in my life. Would you say, Austin, can you can you do me a favor and go over to Molson Hart was on the show earlier. Can you go over to his warehouse and kick his ass for us? 
Oh, done and done. <laughs> I, most of it seems like a great guy. I follow him on Twitter and he, he's a funny dude as well, but I'm going to have to, I'll have to hit him up. And uh, if you need me to kick his ass, just let me know. And I'll, I'll, I'll stroll over. <laughs> hey, you know, it was just, it was just black Friday and cyber Monday and you have a fulfillment company. How has that gone? How was uh, business over these past couple of days or weeks? Yeah. So, um, I'm the CEO of fulfill.com. And what we do is we connect, uh, brands with the correct fulfillment centers. So we have hundreds of different three PLs on our network that we work with, um, that we help with marketing, that we help fill their warehouses. Um, and although we don't own any of the three PLs personally, we help them fill up their warehouses and connect them with the right customers. Uh, but we obviously talk to, you know, my, my calendar on a daily basis is, is filled talking to 3PL owners and strategizing on, you know, how to effectively uh, grow their companies and fill their warehouses. And it seems like it's been a great peak season for everybody. I was just on with uh, Court uh, Court Abel from uh, Brand Fox. They have a couple million square feet and we were just talking shop and, you know, it seems like it's been busier than ever uh, for 3PLs out there. It seems like the warehouses that they're, they're building, I was talking to at my kid's birthday the other week, I was talking to a guy who is in, he's in the space where he builds warehouses in uh, industrial construction. And I was asking him if, you know, we're hearing about this inventory glut and everything, everyone's got too much stuff. How is that done for warehouse builds? And he goes, it hasn't slowed down at all. Like we're booked out until 2027. The thing that did, the biggest difference is though, these are all like modern, mega, massive warehouses right. that everybody is building. Is that what you're seeing in your experience too? Yeah, I mean, with uh, builds, so we work heavily with a guy named Summit Hoge who owns Grow. Um, they are fundamentally an industrial real estate company that helps 3PLs um, expand into new warehouse spaces. And we're, they're seeing pretty much exactly that, uh, super low occupancy rates, or sorry, super high occupancy rates, um, low inventory, and people booked out from a construction perspective for years and years. Um, so yeah, I mean, it looks like logistics market is just going to keep booming here, uh, for the next couple of years. And it's going to be, you know, increasingly tough to, to get a spot as all of these big guys keep scooping up more and more real estate. Yeah. I mean, especially with the uh, chips and, and reshoring and nearshoring and French shoring and, and all that stuff. Uh, you're, I mean, but in warehousing, when is it not a fight for space, right? It's always a fight for space, it seems. But you put an interesting hot take out there. You said that if you sell more than 100 units a month and you ship your own orders, you're losing money. Explain why. Yeah, so for a couple of reasons. So whether it is the labor to actually fulfill that or it's the opportunity cost of having to spend time on fulfillment instead of actually marketing or selling your product, um, you're not able to buy materials in bulk. So think about packaging, um, you know, buying all of that from Uline and having to uh, do that at retail cost as opposed to uh, working with a fulfillment center who can buy poly mailers in the order of 50,000, 100,000 plus um, uh, units at a time, you know, they're able to get that incrementally cheaper. And that coincides similarly with uh, sh uh, carrier rates. So obviously, um, you know, the, the more shipping volume that you have, the better discounts you're able to negotiate with the DHLs, the USPSs, uh, UPS, FedExs of the world. Um, so, uh, you know, kind of all of those reasons combined, we call it the, the uh, graduation stage. Once you start to do uh, even around uh, 100 orders a month, which isn't anything too crazy, uh, that's when we're seeing it uh, be uh, in your best interest to seek out a 3PL uh, and outsource your guys shipping. And, you know, that that's obviously not with every 3PL, like some 3PLs you go to, it's not going to be advantageous for you to do that. But 
uh, in our experience with hundreds of warehouses on our network, uh, once you start doing around 100 orders a month, that's when it makes sense to come to a company like us at fulfill.com and have us find you a warehouse um, th- that, that suits your needs. Now, Joe, I love a custom package, but I imagine they got to be kind of expensive. They catch my eye every time and they enhance the delivery and the opening experience, especially if it's a nice one. My question is one that I hear quite often is, is it worth it? Is it worth it investing in packaging that's custom? And should you consider it as part of your marketing? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'll give you my perspective on that. So you obviously know we have OK Boomer. I love seeing uh, what you've been doing with our game on the show. It looks like everybody's been having a good time and and sales have been great. We're getting ready to sell out this holiday season. Um, We used to do custom packaging for OK Boomer. And for us, the um, cost did not outweigh the reward. So uh, we did it because we thought it would be a nice personal touch uh, and kind of an increase to our brand. Everybody would have this really nice unboxing experience. Um, but the custom packaging was quite expensive and, and ate into our margins a decent amount. So we ended up electing to not do the custom packaging. Now, what a lot of brands I've seen are doing and what we elected to do was instead of doing custom packaging, why not do a custom insert, right? And so we did custom insert with ours. Um, and it basically is a QR code that brings them back to our website um, and gives them a large percentage off discount. Um, for them to buy an expansion pack off of our website. So, you know, it's a nice upsell for us without breaking the bank on paying, you know, anywhere from 50 cents to a dollar plus uh, for that packaging. And then on top of paying for that, having to pay for the actual storage space of having uh, custom packaging in your 3PL. Um, So we elected to go the insert route and uh, much more cost effective, still uh, gives you the opportunity to upsell and drive people back to your website um, and doesn't add in that additional cost for custom packaging. Some brands that you know may highly want to consider custom packaging um, would probably be in the subscription box space. Um, so being able to have a nice unboxing experience whenever you have repeat customers that are ordering something from you um, on a, a monthly basis where an unboxing experience matters a lot more, that that's you know the, the companies that should probably be considering doing something like that. Perfect example, Joe, is, is once we got my puppy, we got a Bark, bark Box subscription. By the way, those yeah, that, if, bark, if you bark. don't have one, actually, I, I recommend, especially when your dog's a puppy, because you get like three treats with it and you get three toys and it's like $25. And if you've been to the pet store buying that stuff, it adds up really quick. But it's really cool how they they put their boxes together and all of the packaging that goes into it. And I can tell you, like the kids are the kids are super excited when it comes. The dog is super excited when it comes and it, it really sells. But it makes sense on that subscription thing because you want to keep that affinity so they don't have someone like me going on there and canceling because it's like, yeah, whatever. These things are these things are old hat. But now it's time to turn the tables on you because I got a question in my hand. I've got an okay boomer card and I picked what I think may be the hardest generation for you the generation that inspired you to make this game in the first place those old coggers who play trivial pursuit asking things that happened (laughs) way before your time well i pulled a question from there it's from the silent generation let's see how good you are at uh at this one we got oh this one's too easy science i'm gonna go to the one under it do you do this when you're playing is that cool too can you decide can you strategically decide which one will be harder for your opponent by looking uh down the card So how it works is you will say to your opponent, you'll take the two categories on the card and you'll say science and sports, which one do you want? And they get to pick the category that they want. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm breaking the Even though you made the game, I'm breaking the rules. (laughs) All right. It's trends. (laughs) Make it hard. Let's do it. 
What were the wide swing felt skirts that were popular with teenage girls in the 1950s? Is it poodle skirts? It's poodle skirts. You got it. <laughs> I'd say you win a copy, Let's but go. they come out of your own warehouse. I was going to say, I got plenty of them right here, so I'm good to go. Well, hey, Joe. <laughs> yeah, Joe. yeah that's, that's a tough generation. Hey, man, I really appreciate you coming on. Everyone's seen us play OK Boomer on here. People who want to get their own home edition so they can grill their family this holiday season, where do I send them? Uh, you can send them to www.okboomer.game. Uh, that's where we're selling. We're getting ready to come out with a new expansion pack that will be delivering in March of next year. Um, yeah, check us out. It's a great game to play uh, during the holidays with your family and friends. Joe, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Thanks so much for coming on a very What the Truck Christmas. We appreciate your time today. Merry Christmas. Thanks for having me as always, brother. Take it easy. I think we got some more holiday wish videos. Let's take a look. Hey, everybody. This is James Rister Bowen with BackToTruckUp.com. Wishing everybody Merry Truck and Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we want everybody to stay out safe on those roads. There's blizzards out in the West. We got road closures in Pennsylvania. Please take your time. No load is worth your life out there. Welcome to the Port of Vancouver, USA, located in the beautiful state of Washington. I'm Julie Rawls, Community Relations Manager at the Port. My name is Mark Cash. I'm the owner of Amport Trucking. We're a tenant here at the Port. We haul commodities off the Port, just like this pipe right behind us here. We couldn't do it without the great men and women in the trucking industry, so thank you all so much. Stay safe. And keep the shiny side up. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. As we celebrate this holiday season, we'd like to express our sincere gratitude for your loyalty and dedication to the transportation industry. From all of us at Connexial, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. All right, folks, to close out this year of what the truck? Hey, I ran out of, I ran out of, uh, I ran out of snow. Must be in the show's coming to an end. It means that like half a bottle, if you buy one of these, fill it all the way to the brim if you get a, you get a full hour long show. Give me some Christmas music here. I got a poem for the people. Written by AI. A little ominous. We got any Christmas music? Roll it. Roll the tape. Christmas music. We have no Christmas music? Then you guys gotta come out here and carol. Christian, come out here and hum a Christmas theme for me as, as I read this poem here, written by a computer. Trucking through the snow. On a cold and wintry night, the road is long and winding, but the trucker's spirit is light. With a load of gifts and goodies, he makes his way across the land, bringing joy and happiness to every town and hamlet. Through the frost, ice, and sleep, he braves the winter weather, determined to deliver before the night is over. So here's to the truckers who keep our world moving, bringing joy and laughter on this special day of Christmas. Hey, thank you drivers out there. Thank you listeners. Thank you everyone who helped fill the What the Truck Freight Christmas tree this year. Thank you all for your holiday messages and thank you for the nearly 500 of you who were guests on What the Truck this year and took the time to speak with us. If you'd like to subscribe to this show, look up What the Truck wherever you get your podcast. You got any snow? Did it just die? Maybe it just died. There we go. Let it snow, Christian. Sounds good. Get What the Truck wherever you get your podcast. Download the Freightways TV app. Find me on Twitter if the site doesn't burn to the ground before the new year. 
Take care, God bless, and don't be a stranger.